Welcome to the Football Fill-In. We have got a proper, proper title race on our hands. We are three weeks out from Christmas and Man City are currently third. This is what it is all about. This is what everybody wants to see. We've got all sorts to talk about as well. Marcus Rashford, are Man City actually struggling? Spurs, the Euro draw. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Right, lads, um, did you have a good weekend, first and foremost? Yes and no. Mm, okay, yes and no? Yes. Yes, me more, too. More definitive. Personally, I had a good weekend. Professionally, it was shit, because United are shit. All right, well, we're going to talk about Man United, because I totally agree with you. They were double shit, actually, on Saturday night. They were so, so bad. we got to start with Man City, though. Um, this game last night, I enjoyed it. I knew it was going to be a good game. I expected there to be goals. I just didn't expect there to be three for Spurs and three for Man City. That's fantastic. And uh, I think uh, before the game, I think we would all agree that Man City were favourites. And in the first half, it played out like that. But if Spurs were going to get something, they had to be clinical. Yeah. And they were so clinical. I thought the, the first goal and... The, the, the second goal, I mean, I'm going to ask you about the... In fact, I'll ask you now, goalkeeping on Edison, should he have done better on yes. both those, yeah? Yeah, the first oh. one the first one particularly, um, he's he's just got it wrong, hasn't he, Water? Yeah. As simple as that, go on, break he'll, it down he'll, for he'll, me. He'll be so disappointed with the, the, the first one because he's actually got so much time to get set and he's actually thinking Son's going to have a better finish. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, normally he should just stick a foot out and just get a block on it because he gets in that in-betweeny bit, doesn't he? Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, but I, I just think... And, and again, you talk about the levels of the goal. He's like he's phenomenal with his feet, isn't he? But I would have said probably 19, 18, 17 of the other Premier League goalies would all stop that. Yeah, yeah. and I think that. that's then the level of obviously City really want to build and play. But that's a big moment when he he lets it in, and then you'll come on to the second goal where maybe another goalie. Not strong enough with it. Just ju- just reads it a fraction early. I, I think I mean? the, f- the first goal for me is I, I, I t- again totally agree, but. This this is the sort of bit that managers will be after the game, like today especially. Pep will be looking at this video of the Spurs game, and he will be. I was going to say pulling his hair out. <laughs> He's now left to pull out. But these are the they are massive moments. First goals in games, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, sure. They are absolutely massive. But I think he'd be so disappointed. I mean, for Spurs on the edge of the box, it, it's a punch. He gets it at his feet, and there's two or three City players come, and and he wriggles out of it. Then he puts Son in, and you think, right, attacker against the defending attacker for City. And he has, just lost all his pace, didn't he? Yeah, but as soon as he heads it, he's like, I'm in big trouble here. But the, the action from Spurs and the bravery on the edge of the box deserved to give him the chance. 
But you take all that away from it, it should still not be a goal because the goalie should do better. Yeah. Um, what, what's happened to Man City lately then? So well, eight goals conceded in the last three games. Yeah. Um, I think it's three draws in a row now, isn't it? Um, wh- where's that come from? I think with the, in the first half, City should have been probably out of sight. And then the second half, it was a brilliant bit of tactical work. I mean, Ange's had a brilliant start where he's won player manager of the month. And then he's had a bit, a bit of ridicule, hasn't he, after the Chelsea game. But I thought what he did at half-time, Spurs were the better team in the second yeah, half. They were, he just yeah. put Lo Celso forward into the Madison role and put Hoiberg next to Basuma and took that gill off and put Kulisevsky back to the right. And even though they were a bit weak at the back, they just suddenly took control of the game. And it was brilliant and brave for him to do that, Ange, in a game like that. Um, but I, I think Man City, I, just, I don't know what it is. I think they're a bit, I think they missed De Bruyne. Yeah. I think they're a bit vulnerable. And um, yeah, that, that's my take on it. Yeah, I I didn't think in the game itself, when the moments came, they weren't clinical. Haaland normally puts yeah, two in in the first half. And if he scores them two goals, the game is finished. Yeah, done. And Spurs were trying to be brave. Obviously, City counter-pressed them and, and had the chances. But when that moment or those moments didn't happen for, for City, Spurs obviously just get braver, braver, keep playing, keep playing. Tactics, as you said, you know, we put four in the attacking line. It put Kyle Walker back into a back four, so they'd never got the extra body in midfield. And it were 4v4 on turnovers, and they'd thought they could defend the actions. Yeah. There were a couple of moments, obviously, you know, when it could have gone either way, but Spurs were still brave, still brave, still brave. But the point of the game when you think they've actually seen the game out, they put Aki on at left back, and you think, we've got a strong back four now. All of a sudden, obviously, Spurs break down the left. And Aki's like the one you'd expect to defend at the far post. And he keeps looking, he keeps looking. But Kulosevsky absolutely oh. mullers him. It's an unbelievable goal. I know it's not the cleanest of headers, yeah. but that's the one area Pep thinks I've tightened up here. I'm not going to get done at the far post on a cross. And he just comes in and it deserved to get something out of the game for him because they kept on the front foot. They were really, really brave. And ultimately, the way the game panned out, fantastic viewing. To get six goals on a that, the 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 Kulazeski goal, I, I think there's not many players. I don't think in the Premier League. And this is a, this is a symptom of modern foot modern football, though. There's not many players that would be willing to chuck their head in there like that. You know, they wouldn't, especially when you've got Nathan Nathan Aki, no, who's a who's a big strong lad. You know, and he <laughs> at one point Nathan Aki's body is that way. His feet are pointing up there, his head's pointing at the floor. He's just gone like. Well, I oh, think he, he's last thinking, He's thinking I'm going to get a foul. He's never expecting that. Yeah. It's unbelievable wing play, to, to be honest with you. You'll not see many goals better than can that. I, can I say, though, I just think I don't think Edison is at fault for the second goal. I think there's, um, I think if you look at it front on, the I, I understand why people might say, oh, he's got a touch on it, he's got a touch on it, he might be able to do more. But there was one angle I saw from behind, from behind the goal, it was almost like GoPro in the goal angle, right? And it is such... It's so far in the corner and Edison is diving back at the same time because yeah. it's the only way he can get anywhere near it. He gets something on it, but even then I think, no, I don't think you're going to do much more with that Take whatsoever. Take on that one because you're right, I do remember he is diving back. Yeah, he was so. diving backwards as well. Um, and we'll talk about the ref. Uh, we'll talk about the ref in a minute. <laughs> I want to talk about Anjo because before the game, um, he, got, he got asked one question in his press conference, didn't he, about are you still going to be playing the same way against Man City? Mm. And he went, I'll give you one guess, basically. And everybody kind of just went, oh, like, this could be naughty then, this could. But they didn't play the same, did they? Because if you think about that Chelsea game and the halfway line, yeah. it's not it's, doing It's that. not the it's same not as that. that. It's not the, the same as that. principle of pass and be brave, yeah. yeah, you're not going to change but, that. But, but they, were, they tried to start from the edge of the box. There's not many teams, though, that would be away at Man City on a, on a Sunday night and 
be the team on the front foot and the dominant team. There's not many teams like that, especially with the injuries that, that Tottenham have got. There's not many teams that would still be able to do that. That shows me that every single player on that team has bought into his philosophy, his ideals and the way he wants to play football. That's impressive, isn't it? What? No, look, it's really brave and very commendable. But I actually think if you're going to give City any problems, that's the only way to go about your business. Front foot. If, yeah, if you're going to sit back in a mid-block or a deep block, you just inevitably waiting for it to happen and you, you, you're so deep when you actually get the moment in the game where you win a ball and you're trying to spring at a, count, a counter-attack for yourself it's too far the pitch is too big for you because they're pressed so high against you and you're hoping that you can just nullify everything for 95 or 100 minutes whereas when you make a game of it hey look in an open game City normally can kill you but the way Spurs go about the business high press relatively high line goalie sweeping up behind them it's going to be goals against them, for sure. But it gives them a chance to get back in the game. So the second goal you're talking about, high uh, line, wins the first header, straight into the centre-forward's feet, lay-off, Son makes a great run diagonally, he steps inside, and that's the bit where I think for you in goal, yeah. you'd be disappointed because when Son makes the run and he steps inside, the, all the uh, left side of the goal is blocked off for you. Yeah, there's only one way he's, he's going to go. Left foot, he's going that way. Yeah. And I think a little bit of anticipation, a little bit more dynamic in your push and your extension. And I think it is millimetres, yeah. but I think everything for a goalie is telling you where he's putting that ball. That's the only thing I think of it. I love that. That's proper goalie analysis, that is, you know. And I, I, yeah, I love that. I also I think on, on City's point as well, I don't know whether you picked up on it, but when he doesn't normally make subs, Pep. And when he took Doku off for Grealish and Foden off for Lewis... In the Lewis, 50th minute as well, I was Doku. like, you've just weakened your team. Yeah. When I saw Foden coming off, I thought, oh, I fancy Spurs now. Yeah. And, and he doesn't normally do those subs. Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe Foden's not having the best game, but he's still you know very you're get experienced. He can just thread a pass and that Doku's more direct. And I think, you know, maybe that's a problem for City this year as well. The, the subs he makes tend to weaken his team. Well, the Liverpool game the week before, no subs. No. Yeah. For me, yeah. So he, he were obviously fearing something in that game, mm. but in the end, it, it, it opened a little door for him. All right, let's talk about Simon Hooper then. Let's talk about this... Um... What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Give him, leave him alone. He just wants the pubs to be busy on a weekend. It, it, um, he's made a mistake here, hasn't he? But it, Yeah, but you know what? It's The thing is, Man City, um, are quite rightly, their fans are not very happy, but they're... Tr- Look at Liverpool. They had an onside goal not given. Look at look at Arsenal. When, when, right, when we're it's not about, talking about that, but let's it's not, talk. But let's it's not talk. VAR. What I'm trying to say is that's just human error, and I love that. Yeah, because I'll when take when, human when error, Man City yeah. fans are crowning him, I'm like, yes, it's an injustice, but you can't change it. It's not going to VAR. Your chance was Grealish running through. He's blown the whistle. He's not. You can't recreate that. So I was a little bit like, it's just pure emotion, and I get it. And Man City fans are right. It was a terrible decision, but it's not like we normally talk about. The referee's blown his whistle. This is old school decision. Yeah. And I like it. I, do, I don't know if it's horrible if you're on the end of it, but he's made a massive mistake. Massive mistake. But once he's blown his whistle, it's gone. You can't do, do anything do you, about it. Did you see Michael Richards in that afterwards and they said he's panicked? He's panicked. And I know what they mean when they say he's panicked because he's, he's caught in a world of, right, that was a foul, but I want to blow the whistle. But I've just put... Because he looks to the side, doesn't he? And then he puts his hand to his mouth but then he also puts his arm up at the same time. Oh, he's, caught, like he's, he's going, caught in a world of pain. Caught only, in a world of pain. The only thing is, I, I just think he's saved Grealish getting caught. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd have got caught anyway. I do. Yeah. There's three of them, isn't there? Yeah. I think somebody's going to do something. Yeah. But look, going back to it, it is human error. It's like refereeing. 
years ago. He actually does unbelievable in the game, Simon Hooper. He does unbelievable in the first action. He lets Haaland get away with it. And then I think he's had two or things, three things run in his mind and all of a sudden he's blown the whistle. But I can tell you one thing, as soon as he blew that whistle, he knew he'd made an yeah, almighty... Without doubt he has. Almighty balls up. And um, obviously, it gives us plenty to talk about. You only you only blow the whistle there if it's like a two footed red card. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't blow it for. I don't no. even know if he booked. I presume he booked him, but yeah, you, you can't. There's just no justification to blow your whistle and stop it. But we all agree that Grealish probably would have got caught and tackled anyway. Yeah, I think he was. Gonna I think he'd have got That's caught. That's what I mean. Everybody's kicking off saying. It's and I'm so Gary. glad he did it. it, it been horrible. No, no, you got Vicario in goal as well. Vicario, proper goalie, by the way. I love Vicario. What a player. Um, finally, before we move on to the Liverpool game, um, does this change anything in the title race? Though um, Man City, are they still going to win it, or is it is it on now? I think it's proper on. I, I would still expect them to win it, especially when. De Bruyne comes back, but I, I think um, obviously losing Rodri for the mid- midweek game away at Villa, yeah. that's, that's another test for him, you know what I mean? I think if Villa beat him on Wednesday, it's game on, but I'd still say City, second half of the season. Have, um, have you seen any videos of De Bruyne lately, by the way? Have you seen what he looks like? No. I've seen him out in like Abu Dhabi going to these Grand Prix and stuff like that. He's got like a new haircut, yeah? He's wearing like have you seen this, lad? Does it does he's it look wearing, like he's like, semi-retired? Mate, no. It's like <laughs> it's like he's fell into like being cultured or something. He looks like I don't know how to describe it. He, yeah, he looks like a bit of an artist. He's wearing these like flary clothes and stuff, and like he's got this like side part in now. He's having a midlife then. Eh? I don't know. You know, it looks a bit weird. It looks like it, I don't know. I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm not happy with it. Proper oh. side partings. Like, I mean, like long hair, wasty yeah. kind of. Oh. Anyway, um, right. Let's move on to Liverpool. Uh, let's move on to Liverpool. Um, have you seen the goals from this game, by the way, lads? We've watched them all. We've watched them. Wow, we. Mm. Yeah. Wow, we. Um, all four of their goals, absolute bangers, absolute belters. Fulham should feel, rightly so as well, a little bit aggrieved. Um, but Liverpool, just going about their business, going about their business, week in, week out, they are 100% in a title race now. I, I, I think they've got momentum on their side. Look, we know they've got phenomenal quality in the front third of the field yeah. you know what I mean and if Nunes ever gets his scoring boots on I mean he played really well yeah, yeah. takes up some really good positions links well they've got the lot I mean if he uh, as, if he starts scoring if, if he can be a 20 goal a season man, oh, what they've wow. got, they would be phenomenal I think um, we obviously talk a lot about games on a Sunday and bits and pieces but it's the Premier League is just a phenomenal advert now isn't it 4-3, Fulham will be really, really feeling it, get travelling home last night. I mean, they, they probably, in all essence, deserve something out of the game because Liverpool scored four worldies, didn't they? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I thought before the game, I think taking Alisson out of your team and I don't fault the goalie, the scruffy goals, aren't they? Yeah, the yeah, scruffy yeah. goals. But I think Alisson probably saves one or two of them. Yeah, and I think when you, when you change the goalie, even though it's an injury... It's what what the level of the backup goal is. I think he's a good goalie, Keller. What effect does that have on the rest of the Liverpool team? What, when you've got such a big goalie, such a big calming influence, such a world class player like Allison, and then he's not fit for the game. What effect would that have on that Liverpool team think, going into the game? I think everybody knows going into that game. As soon as they seen him go down the, the week before, they're thinking, "I'm hoping this is only a couple of weeks." But all week there'd have been a different feel on it yeah. because the Liverpool back four know that when somebody gets in behind them on a 1v1 situation or balls are flashed across the face, 
he stops it. He gets blocks. The goal the week before, he made an unbelievable block at City, straight up the other end, one apiece. And it would have been a scruffy goal if he went in, but the two goals that went kind of through Keller and... It, that's the moments that he probably keeps out. Yeah. So they well, would have Allison, felt a Allison little bit... Alisson would be criticised for those goals, wouldn't Yeah, they? if they'd have gone in. Yeah, mistakes. Sure. Yeah. And I think that, that the back four would have been slightly apprehensive, knowing that because he's so good, the drop-off is quite large between the two of them. But in the end, they've, they've obviously won the game 4-3 and it's uh, game on for the title. Mark, talk to me about Trent. <clears throat> he's scoring goals. Is this um, is this like a bit of a revival for Trent Alexander-Arnold? No, I think he'll still cost them goals at the back because defensively he's, a, he's like an apron, isn't he? He's wide open at the back. But <laughs> but that's but that's not. But I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. He's um, not everybody's perfect <clears throat> going forward. He's he's an amazingly talented yeah. player. I mean, he's he's almost on the Beckham level, isn't he? Of, of this, what he can do creatively and the goals he can score. As a defensive right-back, he's a liability, but this is why Klopp does it, because of what he gets going forward, and he wants to be on a front-foot team. He doesn't want to defend like a Mourinho team. So I think Trent, the interesting thing with Trent is, do you think he'll transition into the midfield? Because he scores the, the winner in the midfield. I think yeah. Joe Gomez came on, didn't he, and played at right-back. So I think that's the interesting thing for Trent. Is he going to do what Gareth Bale did, and is he going to actually move into the midfield? Because then defensively it doesn't matter as much and you focus more on his attacking place well, whether he can do that that's three goals in a week now from mm. outside the box as well you'd be disappointed if the goal if you got an old year against you for that free kick oh, that's oh. disgusting I, I, uh, you had to watch it on slow-mo to yeah to, happened. to oh, actually see it and it is though it's an og though, it's, not, it's an og it's coming but, back out it hits it's coming it's coming, it's back, coming back, out. back out it's so unlucky but i, I like uh trent uh in the midfield for sure whether he's a top midfield player i'm not so sure but i i agree i think as a as a fullback in the Premier League now, or an international fullback, I think he's too weak in one-on-one -on -one yeah. situations. And I think unless he progresses up the field, they're going to struggle because Fulham really took advantage down that left side yesterday, and you know exposed obviously where he's playing a little bit, but also exposed him. So we talk about the positivity, and there's massive positivity for sure. But in a team, if he's going to be their right back. I think teams will always look to expose. It's them. amazing how goals kind of mask everything, though, isn't it? If he scores a goal every other week, everybody will just go, "That's fine, yeah. just keep him there." And just he can do that. He and can do that. I mean, he's world. He's world. I think he's a world-class set piece, right foot, whatever. But I, yeah, I agree with Watter. I think defensively in a tight game, he'd always be exploited there. But can he go into the midfield? I think that's the next step. England, Southgate uses him in the midfield. But that's not a good point. Um, Southgate's, <laughs> Southgate's not the one to look at. I think this is why I think Liverpool are in a proper title race. By the way, obviously they're they're right up there anyway. But their next three Premier League games: Sheffield United away, Crystal Palace away, and then Man United at home. Three easy wins there, Mark. Look, look, <laughs> I, I've been talking about this for about six weeks. That that Liverpool game at Anfield against Man United is it's just nailed on. It's it's, it's it could. I'm worried about what that could be. Like so, if they played United like United play on Saturday night or have done all see they will absolutely if they can score four against Fulham. I mean if they finish like the trouble with the Fulham game is that they, Fulham can walk away like you say and they can't do anything about those four goals. Like what, so hold on a minute, hold on. You're telling me then, right? When we do the um, so we do that's football for Mark's channel, and we always do score predictions like we do weekend like, and it's me versus him head to head and see who gets the most right. So you're telling me then. 
on this game week, when it's Liverpool one, against yeah. Manchester United, you're actually going to say Liverpool win? I'm 100% convinced. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking yeah. to the gods here. You need, you need <laughs> Alisson not to be fit to have any chance. Uh, yeah, but but I, you know, but I, I think what you're talking about, title races there, I mean, you were at United, uh, I've seen United win titles, and people always think it's the Man City-Liverpool games. It's not. It's those games, because everybody does it three or four times a season where you look at it and you go, Liverpool home to Fulham, easy win. And there's always these games. And 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 these are the games that win your titles. Arsenal have had a couple this year yeah. as well. These are the tight games that win your titles against the teams where everybody will drop points because they switched off. And Liverpool probably did switch off because of the Alisson thing. But the character to win that game yeah. is... Uh, but when is you're shooting into that cop, mate, it, 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 sucks, it, it's, it all, it's in, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and you just feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it. Because when Salah missed the chance from the corner, yeah. it's still 3-2 uh, and, what, six minutes left? And most teams, that deflates, no, not, not with that cop, and it's just coming, coming. And as soon as they get the equaliser, you think, definitely one or two more chances, mm. definitely. But I think I think they're on good form. Um, I think the goalie is a problem if he's going to be out for a, a set period of time. But they're, they're attacking prowess. Certainly going to Sheffield United midweek. You, you would expect them to get a couple. Liverpool, Arsenal, 23rd of December. What a oh, Christmas cracker. That is going to be a monster, isn't and it? And Man City don't play that game week, so it's the chance to be top at Christmas. Um, right, Arsenal, let's talk about them because another team... I've got the shirt on today, actually. Uh, another team in a title race, Arsenal. You talk about games where sometimes they're just, they seem like on paper that it's just an easy win, it's an easy home win, but they're never like that, are they, Watto? The, every single game in the Premier League is a tough match, right? Yeah. Honestly, it is, regardless of who you're playing. Maybe there might be a few exceptions with like Sheffield United or something like that. But this is another big win for Arsenal. I thought a, a massive win. I was really surprised, actually, that they went two up so early because yeah. I didn't think Wolves would allow them that kind of start. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been solid. The one of the teams that I really like watching Wolves, the way they, they play the game, they defend well as a group, they attack well as a group. And I was really surprised, especially, obviously, playing a back three, which would have been a back five at certain points in the start of that game. How Arsenal got up to such a good start, um, but I think Wolves just show that they are a good team because they stayed in stayed the game. In it, yeah. Obviously, yeah. lost the goalie through injury. I don't think he was saving the second goal, even though he was no. probably, probably injured at that time. Bentley came on, made a couple of good saves for sure. But Wolves were always in the game, and I think at two 0 it's a dangerous score yeah. because it's not the game's not put to bed. And as soon as they get the goal, as soon as they get that goal, and obviously I think four or five minutes left in normal time. Plus what you're having in injury time, Arsenal just want the whistle. They want to see it through. Um, and that's what a 2-0 scoreline does for you. It gives the opposition a chance when they get it. But I think, just to finish that game, take the three points, oh. which is a tough game. Everybody says, oh, easy on win, no chance. I think Wolves are better than that. Mm. But take your three points. They're going, uh, I think they're at Luton next. And obviously with City slipping up again, it's keep your foot full on that accelerator and we go in, we go in, we go in. I think they are a, a really positive team going forward as well and I think for sure he obviously put Raya back in goal I think that decision's been finally put yeah, to bed now to bed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think they'll try and move on and and, and I think it's going to be so close this year Yeah, I, I think they're going to be closer this year 
I think um, Otto's right. Defensively this season, Arsenal are better than last year and they can shut a game out. Um, but credit to Wolves because they did stay in the game and the first 15 minutes, the, we, the reason they were down is because Arsenal were playing like they did at the start of last season. Yeah. The, the goals were both, I don't think you can stop them. Nice. It's like bang, 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 goal, Odegaard. And I think that's something about Arsenal defensively with Declan Rice, Raya and Saliba and Gabriel have just been so strong as a unit and they've, got, they've not conceded many goals. But as an attacking unit, they've been really reliant on moments from Saka and stuff. But on Saturday, for that first 20 minutes, it was like watching Arsenal at the start of last season. Yeah. Um, Odegaard's not had the best of season, but I think with Havertz, it's made it difficult. And he- Jesus has been in and out of the team. They've played Nketiah a lot. But that's the value of Jesus. He's never going to get you 20, 30 goals. But what he does do is he links things up and he's involved in both of those goals. And it was uh, it was like that Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Odegaard front four, that first 20 minutes have took anybody apart it was literally little flicks here yeah, there and yeah, everywhere yeah. they were they were they were really impressive and they just couldn't keep it up but I think that's credit to Wolves I think Wolves just stayed in the game and they're a good side I think that this is my worry for Arsenal I think for the rest of the season and for the title race as well I think they are missing that big boy striker mm. I think if they can go out in January and get somebody big even uh, even an uh, Ivan Tony, I mm. do I think even an Ivan Tony would would enhance them massively. But it changes the dynamic of their team. At certain points, you can't always play that free-flowing attacking football like you are. Teams will set up different. Yeah. If you can have more of a focal point, whether Tony's the answer yeah. or not, but he gives you something different that you can play off, then you might just come out on them two or three really scruffy games when you need it, and that might just be the difference this year. I, I, I agree. I think with Arsenal, there's a lot of people sort of saying they're going to win the league. I, I think I heard Neville talking about it on his podcast yesterday, and I was like... Why, why are people saying this? Are they saying it just because it's hip or are they saying it because they genuinely believe it? Because I look at Arsenal and I think they're in the race. I don't think they're any better than Liverpool. I don't think they're any better than Man City. It's a three. I think it's an intriguing three-horse race and anybody who's picking someone at the moment is, is guessing because I don't think we... Know, it's not going to take shape until... Well, we've got to see that game at Christmas. Then I think... Uh, I, I, well, I want to have this chat in April and be yeah. going, I don't know who's going to win it. And that's how I feel it could... Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to have this chat in uh, February or March and Man City are going to be on a 14-game... Well, that's the problem, three, yeah. Right? They, we know they can do it. They can do it. But that's what that's, what, that's all I'm thinking. And then it won't be head. Arsenal top. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking this in my head that Arsenal will start dropping points against a Burnley or a somebody or somebody because they didn't finish their chances away. And Man City will just go and steamroll. I think Liverpool are the team best placed to probably put up a real fight this season. Right, come on then, it's time. Uh, Mark, talk to me about your boys. Saturday night, Manchester United away at St James's Park. Um, I didn't watch it. Yet. Yes, you did watch it. I was eating cucumber. I saw, I saw some <laughs> cucumber references. I saw some cucumber references. Talk mm-hmm. me through this game, mate. Um, look, to be honest, we were talking about it off. Uh, uh, I don't normally take any enjoyment in United getting beat, and I don't take any enjoyment, but there was a long period of that game where I was looking at Newcastle going... You know, I'd gone past being a Man United fan. I'm always a United fan, but I knew we weren't winning. So I'd gone into the brain coping mechanism of going, Newcastle are a good team, aren't they? He has done a good job. Look at the way, <laughs> look at the way they're knocking the ball around because we were just so bad. And, to, you know, you say about Wolves staying in the game against Arsenal, they deserve to stay in the game. How we were in the game, and that, I mean, Maguire was offside, but it would have been the biggest injustice in it football if we had won a draw. We were so bad. I'd it? have been angry. Yeah. I would have. I'd have been a little bit angry. because I mean, been, I'd have been ecstatic. You've got away with, you've got yeah. away with murder if they had nicked something. But I, thought, I saw a graphic of average position and, and Newcastle very high, but you can see the shape of the yeah. 4-3-3. Man United, it was like a 4 
six. Yeah. It, there was just no midfield, and it was deep as well. And, and the gap between the defence... I mean, look, if you play Maguire, he's, he's doing all right for United. He's getting a lot of blocks in, but he's, we're on the edge of the box. Yeah. He's then got a massive gap. The midfield, I don't know, what, McTominay may as well have been the invisible man. Bruno runs around everywhere because he's trying to get things going. Maynou's 18 years of age. And Joel Linton, Bruno Gamerez, and to be fair, that Miley... Yeah. Bullied them. Bullied them. Bullied them. And Anthony it happened Gordon all over the pitch. Them. Trippier. Kieran Trippier bullied them. And Liberamento, as we know, yeah. bullied Rashford, who I think, you know, what's going on with Rashford is... I, I personally think there's a case to be said that he thinks he's the star of the show and he's sulking on the right wing because there's another guy on the left wing who's getting all the credit. Um, what, what do you make of when Marcus Rashford got took off and he's walking and sits down on the bench and that scene that sort of looking at that bench and how how miserable everybody looked how cold they all looked they all looked genuinely like they just wanted to blame everybody else didn't they well they, they looked like a team to me I, I watched the game on Saturday night they looked like a team to me that that's finding football really hard they're yeah. finding the job it's, it's all really hard work to them but but to be a really good football team Newcastle are a good football team yeah. they've got good footballers but they work really hard and they enjoy working yeah. hard and part of that is running and running over the top of the opposition. And I think Rashford's in a difficult moment for sure. I think people have got on the bandwagon a little bit with him. Uh, I think it's like a VAR decision when you slow it down. You can see that he's out of shape for the team. And when you stop it, it looks like the pitch is wide open because he's in a poor moment. But I think there's a part to play from his side as well when I don't think he's doing as much for the team as what he should. I think you could talk tactically and say, well, is he not tracking all the way back so he's in that real counter-attack position? But against Newcastle, if you don't get yourself back in there, um, the two full-backs that they've got and the wide players that they have on show, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat. So if it were tactics in terms of telling him to hold in a half-and-half position so if we get it, we'll play a little diagonal out and we're on the counter, then I think he made a tactical error there. Or... Is it the fact that most people are getting on to the, him and Ganacho on either side weren't working hard enough for the team? But if you're not going to outwork Newcastle at St James's Park, you, you're getting beat. But I do think that he's getting a little bit a stick and everybody's on the bandwagon with it. But he don't look happy in his football. No. Man United don't look happy in the football. And you compare them to a Newcastle who, who actually played phenomenal football, drove forward at every opportunity... Two fullbacks that, I mean, Trippier and Liveramento. I had Liveramento at Southampton. He got a terrible, terrible injury near my last uh, in my last season near the end. Good player. And and honestly, I'm really delighted for him personally. He's come back through that. Yeah. But like, they, they are two fullbacks, probably arguably the best in the league at the minute. Yeah, true but, that. I wanted to ask you two something on Rashford actually, because I was talking about this on my watch along yesterday, and I said, look. People like Rashford on the wing because he's right-footed and whips a natural crossing, which he doesn't want to do. Rashford wants to play on the left-hand side, cut inside. Now, for me, when I cut inside with my right foot and I shoot, I've got more of the goal to aim at than I have on the right. Where I Opens can't, it up. Yeah. As goalkeepers, Rashford on your right-hand side shooting against you or cutting inside. Oh, I don't want Rashford cutting inside and, and shooting with his right foot. No chance on this earth. Just because he's got more of the goal. He's got more of the goal, and he's, he's capable of doing that up, he down, he down. Mm. But the, the problem you've got there is, though, that if he is playing on that left hand side and he wants to cut in, any right back worth his salt will know that. So he will Play just show side. him down the line. He'll just be going, no, I'll show you down the line. Good ones will show him down the line, show him down the line. But, but for me, right, 
Newcastle on Saturday saw that team lineup, saw Garnacho, Marshall, and Rashford, right? And Trippier and Liveramento and Lasalle's and Shah would have just gone, boys, we're going to bully these. Mm. We are going to bully these so badly. Liveramento, you just run all over him. Trippier, you smash him if you possibly can. Lasalle's, you'll just lean on him anyway. And they won't want it. They won't want Same it. Same happened in the it, midfield as well. It's Saturday night, mm. away at St James's Park. It's cold. They do not want it. Anthony Martial does not want any of that smoke, yeah? Rashford is left out there by himself. And Garnacho, he's still a kid. He's still a kid. You can't expect wonders from him. So I think they would have seen that Newcastle and gone, here we go, boys, we are cooking today. And that's exactly how it played out as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he was just man against boys in the end. But I think the application of the two teams is what you look at for me. Yeah. It were a team that, that were on the front foot, really trying to win a game. And United just turned up hoping to survive somehow. Look at look at the Newcastle players, right? How they were flying around. Anthony Gordon, right? Oh, I love this kid so much, right? He he is getting he's getting forward when he got the ball. He's got absolute quality. But then when he wants to get back, when he needs to get back and, and try and just put pressure on people, right? He don't just like dangle his foot in there. He is smashing people. He's getting it's proper, yeah. Kieran Trippier, he did about three or four slide tackles. 50-50 slide tackles, which you knew he's going to win because he wants to win it. Right? Fabian Schaar stepping in there. You've got Guimaraes. He's just running around, smashing everybody. Joe Linton leaning on everybody. It's just Almiron running like an absolute madman. It's just winners all over the pitch, mate, honestly. But it's, it not, it's, it's, not, it's so good to see. It's not acceptable, though, is it? It's, it's not acceptable as a Leighton Orient fan, and it's certainly not acceptable as, as a Manchester United fan for what we stand for, to watch a game of football and see Newcastle players trying. Yeah, like proper, it's not yeah. acceptable. Like, no. what, do, what, what's going on on that training ground? What's going on in that dressing room? Um, it's in, it's incredible. Do you know what people don't mention in, in any of this? Really, Eddie Howe. People people oh, yes, don't mention right. him, do they? You talk about like top managers in the Premier League, and everybody's buzzing off of of Pep, off of uh, off of Klopp and uh, Emery. They very rarely mention. Um, Eddie Howe though the job that he's done at Newcastle the way he's got that team playing and how high tempo and oh, and it's, the signings as well you know the, the saying of the harder I work the luckier I get yeah, that's yeah. exactly what Newcastle are they embody yeah. that because they make sure that everybody works their socks off so when, when they're in that position when something might just happen they've already done the hard work well I thought that Gordon signing was a joke I was like that's I remember Chelsea once, yes, and I was like, what are you yeah. talking about? What a load of rubbish. And they've spotted something yeah. in there, haven't they? The personality, the player. Um, and, I mean, would you take him to the Euros? One in this yeah, form, I can't believe it's not. I can't believe it's not. But that's their Eddie Howe, isn't it? He, he's got a, a fabulous team to work with. They're a well-coached team. But if you can get a well-coached team that have got the attitude and application that oh. Newcastle fans demand. Oh. Oh, yeah. But Man United fans demand that from your team. So... That's the point where there's something missing from Man United. But the only thing for me now in Newcastle, we spoke about the uh, Wolves game. Goalie's gone off. Pope looks like he's done his shoulder again. Yeah, yeah. How long uh, after that? It, it, it's a naughty it, injury. Well, this. he's had it once. Does he, does he need surgery again? And then it's a lot of rehab. Now, the thing for a goalie is you want to be strong and powerful, but you've got to be flexible. So the more surgery that goes into this shoulder and tightens it up yeah. to make sure it doesn't pop out, you're going to lose a bit of range and flexibility and you can't risk to be brought back quickly with it because as soon as you have that impact on the ground... Because yeah. it was you, quite innocuous, wasn't it? It was in, just a dive. Yeah. Was super innocuous. Well, the shot gets blocked, doesn't it? And, he's, and I think that's the thing. Because the ball's not there, he's not actually gone for the ball... Yeah. And he's probably switched off a little bit. Oh, it's had a block. And he's not thought about his own landing mechanics. That's exactly what it was. And then it's popped up. But because he's done it once, 
that would normally say to me that the recovery time is going to be a bit longer. Yeah. Because they really have to trust that it's knitted in properly, but then for him to keep that range and power, it, it, it could be a tough one. Though. The thing is, it, it, what we're we talking oh, like months. Yeah, it's months. If, think, if, if he has to have surgery near the end of the season, if he has to have surgery, he's probably season done. Opposite opportunity for Newcastle is, is going to get a ball playing keeper then. Yeah. Well, Rams. Oh, well, I think hey, I, said ball playing goalkeeper. I think in <laughs> January, if they know it's surgery, yeah, which they'll yeah, know, we'll and it looks like an end of the season thing. You can't the, go with the Pravka. I don't think they would. No, and I don't that, think they would. But, I think Ramsdale is, would be a perfect fit. Perfect. Can, can we just say, though, by the way, I'm absolutely heartbroken for Nick Pope, yeah, yeah, by yeah. the way. And because, Newcastle's injuries as well. I mean, it is, it is terrible because Pope, I think, in the Champions League has oh, been unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and it's, uh, again, it's, it's what, what I said there. He's done this before. I remember he did it at Burnley. I don't even remember this. Yes, yeah, He was out for a long while. But shoulders for a goalie is a big problem, you know, because obviously you... It's like feet for footballers. Basically, yeah. But you've got to think that every time you dive, you're, you're thinking, oh, please don't pop out, please don't pop out. It takes so Especially long... Especially if it can happen like that. ...to get that confidence back. But it is. It's like what I said. It's because the ball didn't actually come to his hands. He actually has to... He can then pull his arms away and just... But then he's taken the eye, and he's just landed a bit awkward. It was such a because I thought it was his knee. Because I was saying it, shoot, he was holding it. Well, I don't know why the referee. Yeah. You don't want yeah. him to shoot when the goal is done. That's I the did. only way you're going to get a goal. Did, Come yeah. on! I, I was Come like, on. what? Play on! It's not a head injury. <laughs> You'd have taken that goal. I would as well, wouldn't you? You should have got one of your guys to pick that ball up and say, look, he's got a bad injury there. Like the Canio. You got to take everything. Just give me a little bit on Anana, mate. Talk to me about Anana's performance because I thought after a lot of criticism in the week, I thought he did okay against Newcastle, but this. Still, I feel like he's, I think he's bringing problems on himself a little bit. Too yeah, look, he, he came through the game and we, we've played in goal, so we know what he would have been feeling going into that game. Uh, and it's a difficult game. Yeah. And I just thought he did okay. He came through. Uh, the saves that he made, I'd expect him yeah, to make sure. him. He's playing for Man United. This is the reality. If you look at the stats that we've got here, like they've conceded 105 shots in their last six games. That's ridiculous. That just cannot be Man United. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that, that's like a Chef United stat. Well, there's a myth that we're defending well. I think Maguire got man of the match and sure, right? But 10 shots in the box against Everton, I think 12 against Newcastle, 10 against Galatasaray. Like these are in the box shots. So oh. when you're making blocks and everything like yeah. that, they look good, but. Those blocks can go anywhere. And, and, and it's almost, I was saying this at the weekend, if I was a striker against United at the moment or attacker, I'd fake the shot because we're very good at going for the... And that's what they did. I think Newcastle got to a point where they should have been three or four nil up. And I think Eddie Howe at half said half time must have said, let's make sure, let's almost pass the ball in. Yeah. Let's play the extra pass instead of taking these shots because we've, you know, it would have been a, as we said, an injustice if Newcastle hadn't... They, they, they have been getting away with it, United. Yeah. They really yeah. have. Like I say, 105 shots in six games. <laughs> that's that's a genuine concern. Yeah. Behind the scenes, I promise you today... They're not defending and, well. Or if they see them stats today, Ten Hag, all his coaching staff, they're going, what on earth? But if Don't you're know. looking at them stats and you then think they've signed Anana to have the ball at his feet and start playing, what you actually need is what they had before, somebody who can stop the ball going in the net. Yeah. So they've let De Gea go. Why don't they go and get Martinez from Villa? who actually makes unbelievable saves yeah. week after week after week. Because if that's what you're going to have against you, you're going to be in big, big trouble at Man United. Martin if your goalie can't keep the ball out. He made some big saves yesterday. Incredible saves. He's, he's a proper goalie, mate. He does. That's what he do. Stop the ball going. But you know what? He can pass it 10 yards. Mm. Damn right he can. Do you know what? Well, I, what I will say, I'm an half, actually, but half is... 
on Saturday night, every time they gave him the ball back, there were some real stitch balls back to him, by the way, some stinking stitch balls back to him that he's supposed to take a touch and do something with, right? When he's got a player absolutely shelling the life at him, a Newcastle player. None of them fullbacks wanted the ball off him, you know. No. None, nobody was showing. Defenders weren't stepping out and showing. Midfielders weren't dropping in and showing. No, it's just and I'm watching it thinking, your... this is this end on here. You're bringing a goalie to play a certain way of football, yet you're not letting the other players help him one little bit. So, Ben, I think the big point, Newcastle, do they want Ramsdale in January? And if he's not going to go to Newcastle, do you think Man U would have a nibble on him? Oh, I don't think... Man United are not changing their goalie. True? Can't afford to. They can't afford to. Man United, are, they're, they're sticking with this now. It's as simple as that. He'd make more saves than Anana if I, they're I, having 105 shots. Again. I totally agree. I totally agree with this, right? But I think... This is this is this is the brutal world of football. Brutal world of goalkeeping, especially right. When one door closes, another one opens, right. And and it's horrible. But when you get a big injury like this, and we we don't know what Nick Pope's done. He could be out for he could be out for a month. He could be out for six months. You just don't know, right. But if he is going to be out for a long time, I think Aaron Ramsdale would be an absolute perfect fit for Newcastle. Really do. I think yeah, it'd come be harsh in. if Arsenal won't let it happen though. Because they go, oh, Newcastle. Yeah, true. That's a really good shout. To be fair, why would you want to try and strengthen one of your one of your rivals? It's whether this is this is the tough thing in football. I've got you, the counter. I've got you, a good counter. You yeah. probably know this better than me because you've worked on the coaching side of it. All right, Aaron Ramsdale is. I, I guarantee you, even this morning, right, Aaron Ramsdale will be thinking that'd be a really good move. That will that will be a could really be, could good be in move. The Euros, it it would be a massive chance for me to go and play Premier League football, and it would be a massive chance to keep myself in that England team for the Euros. And if I go and smash it. You just never know. I might even start at the Euros, right? But then you've got Arsenal going. Well, we ain't lending you to. to New- Why would we want to strengthen Newcastle? Mm. So this is going to be. This could be a big problem. This. This could be a bit of a falling out as well, couldn't it? What? Yeah. Look, money, money will always talk. I think Ramsdale and his people. If there's a look, we hope Pope's not going to really see yeah. this one. But looking at it and all that we've discussed, it could be out for a, a, a long period. It's a perfect move for Ramsdale, one hundred percent. Arsenal would definitely put a clause in there. He can't play against Arsenal for sure. Yeah. But if you think that Newcastle are a good team anyway and they're going to take points off everybody else, mm. I don't think it's such a bad move. Ah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, let's talk about England's Euro draw because I think we've been given. Wait, 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 wait. We've given our thought on Rashford. Everyone's given their opinion on Rashford. What, what, just be, well, sorry, if, England as well. What's your opinion on Rashford at the moment? Is uh, is it something to be concerned about for United? Yes, without doubt, concerned all over the place. I think because he, uh, f- for me, his performance is just nowhere near it. Absolutely nowhere near it. And I, I said it on your United stand earlier. Actually, I said every time any pundit, any Sky Sports, any whatever talks about Marcus Rashford, they always go, "Well, he's obviously a very good player, but." He's having a bad time at the minute. And they always say the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. He is obviously a very good player. And he had a great season last season. This season, though, he hasn't. He's not. He's been miles off it, in fact. And like I say, watching that game Saturday night, I just don't see somebody enjoying their football. He's not, he's honest, he's not enjoying it, is he? What? No. He's not enjoying it one little bit. It feels like there's so much pressure on his shoulders and so much focus and scrutiny on him that he, he can't settle into, a, into a, a method of playing football. He got given that penalty, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, and everyone thought, oh, hopefully this might kick-start him a little bit and he might be able to go on and do stuff. But you've got to look at performances as simple as that. I think what you need to do is disregard the name, no matter what your name is, right? Mm-hmm. On that pitch, if you're playing right wing, left wing, centre forward, no matter what, right? If you're not doing what the manager wants you to do, you have to come out of the team. It's as simple as that. that it can't be that way in football. Sentiment doesn't 
doesn't carry much. There's, does no, it, there's no sentiment in football. I think he's obviously naturally struggling. The one thing that we touched on earlier is you normally in the in the difficult moments you enjoy working hard yeah. because that sometimes just gets you back into it. But at the minute, even against the ball, he doesn't seem to have the appetite. Really, yeah. it's not just listen. It's not just Rashford. There's there's oh, a yeah, lot yeah. of players in that Man United yeah. team. There are a lot of players in that Man United team. But then, who would you go and replace him with? And if I was right, Marcus Rashford, finally, I would just say, look, if he if he sorts that midfield and gets that defence further up the pitch, I'll get the ball more yeah. and I'll score. I'm, you know, I'm I'm living off scraps. I've got to do better myself. But let's not pretend everyone else around me is doing a job to help us attack. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hoyland came on second half, did a lot better than Martial. Did he get a chance? No, because he's in a bloody graveyard. Yeah, I think that's probably what Rashford was saying when he came off. By the yeah. way, I think yeah. you know when he sat on the bench. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, I think he's basically annoyed because the ball isn't getting to him for one, and then even if the ball did get to him, there's nobody around him. He's that's no that's support, a game. No help. Well, you just got to be in a mindset. I'm going to work. You've got to work hard. I might not get a chance. You've got to work yeah. hard. That's all there is to it against Newcastle. Where it's team, James is, you've got to work hard. The whole team as well. And you've got to get up together. You get back together. Get up together. Get back together. You can't go lone wolf in it. It's not going to work. But all right. But that's why the question then comes back to England, doesn't it? Can you have somebody with that body language and everything at the minute? Yes, you can have a dip in form. Yeah. But you're trying to create a culture with England, obviously being in the team and playing well, but you're trying to get the group sorted for the summer yeah. and everybody in and around it on the same page. You can't have people... I, I, this, this, like is, this, is, this is why I think he's a different player for England, though. I think Marcus Rashford for England is a completely different animal because he's surrounded by players who are upbeat and positive it's and optimistic and they want to do it the right way. They've got a manager who sets the... And you can say what you want about Southgate, but what he does breed in that England team, at least, is... Yeah, no, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) He does breed a positivity. He does breed a good atmosphere of everybody just has to work hard. Well, Southgate's problem is, in my opinion, is it's the nepotism and the favouritism. We've seen it with Henderson, we've seen it with Maguire, we've seen it with Phillips, and and we'll probably see it with Rashford, but that's going to be the problem for, for, for Gordon... And another player I think deserves yeah. to be in there is Sterling. I think at the moment, we've said it with Calvin Phillips and Henderson, why did they get picked ahead of Ward-Prowse, etc.? And I'd say even as a United fan, Rashford should not be in there ahead of Gordon and Sterling at the moment. But if they're but doing probably it, will be. But if they're doing it for England, right? But it's a, it's, we're not, this, is, this is where we'll disagree because it's not a club team. It's, it's a national team. And for me, a national team should be the best players in the national, but if in, in they the do the job, though, this oh, is yeah, I surely can see that point. There, there but I don't agree to with be, it. There has to, I, I get what you're saying, and it does. It annoys you, doesn't it, when you see players that aren't playing week in week out getting into the team and then starting for the England team as well. It annoys you because you want the best. But surely, if they're if they're getting selected, but they're doing the job, it has to carry a bit of weight, doesn't it? But the flip side is, you know, what would would. Would Gordon do a better, a better job than job Rashford? Than and we, we don't get to see that, and yeah. we should do, because he deserves it. Uh, go on, sorry about I that. I would say timing's everything, isn't it? So we've just spoke about the two full-backs at Newcastle. Obviously, Trippier's always in the England squad. Livermento now has got to wait till March to kind of get a chance. Yeah, yeah, Gordon's yeah. got to wait till March to get a chance. And you don't know where the form is at that yeah. period of time. So sometimes in football, it's timing, especially with the national teams. But there's some players at the minute will really be fearful of their own positions yeah. within the England team, but be grateful there's no fixture till March. And hopefully they have a turn of form and the other players do whatever they do. But I think we've got an abundance of talent. I think the draw is really favourable in terms of the group. You couldn't ask for much better than that. Yes, there'll be tough fixtures, as they always are. But Denmark, Serbia and Slovenia, you'd expect to go through as the top one of the top two. And I think you'd be disappointed if you don't win the group. 
Um, yeah. Is that the minimum expectation, winning the group, yeah? Well, I think if you think in a, in a club form, I'd say you'd put England as probably a, an Arsenal. Yeah. And I think they've just drawn Crystal Palace, Brentford and Fulham. I like it. I like I th- it. I think that. I think that's. Do you not think we're at least a Liverpool? Well, yeah, go as high as you want, but that, to be respect to Denmark, Serbia, and Slovenia, they're not. They're not top. You know, we should we should finish top of that group. Uh, when will Gareth Southgate start actually sort of like? So obviously this this got drawn what in the last three or four days. When will Gareth Southgate start sitting down with his coaching staff and going right then, lads? Um, this is what we want to do against Denmark. This is what we want to do against them. When will that start kicking into action? I think you'll start watching the game straight away because you want to get a flavour of it. He'll be watching the individual players that play for them teams, for example. I don't think he'll go into individual players so much yet. I think he'll watch the three teams yeah. and see what shape they play, yeah. what the tactics are within that. When they're up in a game, do they change shape? Yeah. When they're down in a game, how expansive do they come? So you'll just start to get a feel for all three teams. And I think you'll do that between now and March. Obviously, you've got friendlies again uh, or um, whatever games the opposition have in March. And all the homework that you've done on the three teams, you'll then double-guess yourself, if you like, when you come to the March games. Uh, to and, see if and, it represents and what you've And see if it represents for. where you're at. Yeah, okay, and yeah. then you've got the back of that then. But you'll be thinking then, I don't know the shapes of the three teams that we're discussing, Denmark, Serbia and Slovenia. But then you'll be thinking about your own team against them, right? What does it suit for us to play against each team? And all these thoughts will be going through your mind as you lead up to the March games. You'll double-check it after March for sure. Um, And then, really, you should be looking at potential teams as you're moving forward to start trying to get ahead of the curve if you can. Bonkers, isn't it? You're going to have to look at the draw. You're going to have to look at who, which teams play which. If we finish top of our league, we might play second in that league, which might be that, which might be that, which you, you can second guess the life out of it, really. Yeah, but the more planning you can put in when you're not in the cauldron of the tournament and you've done a lot of the homework and you're not going to be drained by watching hours and hours of video clips in the tournament where you need to be fresh for your own training sessions, the press conferences, you've got to be bright in and around the players. It's just saving time and saving homework. Yes, there'll be a battery of staff behind you watching videos and all these things, but the more information you can take on board earlier, the better you'll be. As players, do you follow that? As in, you know, you know, it's Christmas. I mean, I didn't even watch the draw because I hate international football. I was like, I'll, I'll look at that in June. Mm. What do players do when that draw happens? Are they looking at it going, oh, that's a good draw, or is it? Or is yeah, it... I think yeah, I think there'll be. Obviously, you're happier that with uh, an easier draw than you are with a. If you if you got drawn into a group of death there, for example, then you're going off oh, for God's sake, like no need, is there? So I think every one of them would have taken notice of it. They'd have been aware of it, but I don't think it would really enter their sphere yet because they know that they've still got another what 15 Premier League games between now and when those games are going to be when they're actually the first friendlies are so even the competition's what like 6 months away they won't Injury, really be thinking know, yeah. about that yet they won't because they know they've got so much pressure to deal with in the premier league before now and then and like you say injuries as well it's probably that last month of the season where players start to really start to look at it don't they what I think I need to make sure I'm looking after myself I'm not going out drinking I'm not having any late nights because all of these little things add to the possibility of getting an injury. And an injury is the only thing that's going to... And loss of form, obviously, is going to really ruin your tournament. The footballer... I mean, if I was a, mod, if I was a footballer, I, I just think I'd live day to day. 
Yeah. There's so many injuries I wouldn't even be thinking about Liverpool in a couple of weeks. No, you know, no like, I'd be like, I might be injured by that. I, I, I spent the last today. 10 years of my career, I promise you, yeah, not looking further than this next Saturday. Yeah. I would think about the next Saturday. And somebody would say to me, big game in a couple of weeks, I'm thinking, I, I, I don't know who we got. Who yeah. have we got? And they and they go, what, you don't even look at the fixture? I'm thinking, no, you don't live like that. You literally look at the next game and that's it. Is I that think right? players, it, it's different for players, for sure. I think they have that short-term mentality and they have to have because... Yeah. You train as hard as you play. You can get injured as easily in training as you can on a match. And I think it's just getting through the next match, trying to get your result that you need for your own team. I think uh, as an international footballer, they'll have looked at the draw and they just put it straight to bed. That's in six, eight months' time. Yeah. I want to keep my form for my team. I want to you know, keep winning, do whatever we're challenging for you in, in your each individual team. I think this kind of stuff is more for the coaches and the managers and the backup team to get starting to produce the battery of work behind it that nobody else ever sees and then that everything flows nicely when you get to your uh, tournament because you've planned to do your certain sessions against the Denmark setup, against the Serbia setup, against the Slovenia setup, and and all them things are for coaches and backroom teams. And the, and the fans. A lot of fans get excited about it. I mean, it's look, I think, uh, you know, what's the minimum expectation for England? I've said it before, he's got to win it. Got, he's got to win it. And you look at that group and you put yourself out of that group, then you're into knocking out, knockout football. I think Southgate's probably stayed a tournament too long for me, maybe two. Um, this has got to be his last one. He's got to win it. Otherwise, I'd look at this the same as I did with Ericsson in the early noughties. I think the collection of players, it's a missed opportunity. Um, I love it. Incredible, you lot. Uh, we've got the quiz in a second. I think we've all decided that England should be winning the Euros um, and that we've got a title race on our hands. As simple mm -hmm. as that. Quiz time. Right, quiz time. I put my hat on because it is freezing in this room. It's cold, isn't it? It is very cold. Not just me. It, it's fresh, but I'm not sure that's going to help yeah, your one grey cell. You're northern, aren't you? You're rad. <laughs> right, let's go, Jamie. Ten questions. Quiz time. Okay. Question one. Last season, Erling Haaland scored four Premier League hat-tricks, but who was the only other player in, in the City team to also score a hat-trick in that season? Alvarez. No. De Bruyne. No. Five. Four. Three. Two. Foden. I know it. It was Gundogan. It was Phil Foden. Hey! Phil Foden. See, I took my time there. I was, I was, I was, you, I was Mares and Foden. I thought he scored a hat trick in the six-three win over Manchester United. Oh, that's oh, why I knew. Yeah. That's, <laughs> why I knew. that's why I got a hat trick in the system. I knew it was in there somewhere, trying to not. Phil Foden. Question two: Who was the only player to score a brace in this game week? Who was the only player to score a brace? Trent. Brain game week. Nope. No, Trent. Didn't. Oh, goal, one of them was, yeah. wasn't it? Good question. That's... Five. What, what, where yeah. does the five come I know, from? I know who it is. I know who it is. Two. One. Can I say who it was? Enzo Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez oh, for Chelsea. I won't get in him. Yeah. Uh, no, it's 3 1. Oh, that's, <laughs> I think it meant the game. Come on, Jay. Come on, Jay. Was, anyway. <laughs> two nil to me then. Two. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> that Trent one was harsh. No, but it's facts of facts. If that, that changed back, the Premier League might review that. They won't, will they? No, it's an OG, unfortunately. No, Question three. Alan Shearer started his professional career Southampton. at what club? Southampton. That's, That's, a, good answer. That's a good one. He played 158 games for Southampton, scoring 43 goals. Yeah. Question four. Two. No, one, nil, one. Correct, Jay. Which club 
holds the record for the most consecutive Premier League matches without a win. Sheffield United? No. Derby. Derby. Correct answer. And how many do you think it is? No uh, bonus points. 24. 27. No, no. 18. 32. 32 is the correct answer. Oh. <laughs> I'll, oh. give, I'll give you a bonus point for that if you want. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> My face lit up then. I kind of realised it was Ben. Yeah, that's really nice. 1 1 1. 1 1 1. Question 5. Maurizio Pochettino man has managed Tottenham and Chelsea. Southampton. What Premier League club has he managed? Southampton. What's this? The Southampton quiz? Southampton questions. Southampton quiz, huh? Yeah. It was in the 2013-14 season and he had a win percentage of 38.33% over 60 matches. Decent. Question six. Which team scored the fastest goal this game week? Burnley. 15.2 seconds. Uh, J-Rod. Burnley. J-Rod. Great guy. He scored another Great guy. In it, 15 seconds as well. Against Chelsea? Yeah. 2-2-1. Yeah. For Southampton. It really is a Southampton <laughs> quiz. <laughs> right, Matt Letizia is definitely coming <laughs> Tim Flowers. Oh. Question seven. Who was the first team to win the League Cup and the FA Cup in the same season? Liverpool. United. No, both wrong. Arsenal. Arsenal is the correct answer. Look at this. He's just thrown. He's, he didn't have a clue. He's just thrown a big team. Yeah. He got the year as well. Oh, he did get the got year. the year as well. Well done, mate. Wednesday against both of them. Oh, that was, what's his name? Morrow, Steve Morrow. Where yeah, he got, uh, yeah, when he do, he'd on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and gas and air. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Who picked him up? Donald Adams won it. Oh, was it? Yeah. 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Yep. All square. What's that? Question seven. We're on question eight. We're on question eight now, yeah. Career path question. Oh, Ben's good them. at these. <laughs> <laughs> I have played for Boca Juniors, Corinthians, West Ham. Tevez. Oh, God's that's sake. Really that was good, that was. Yeah. Yep. So, Carlos Tevez. He's good at this. Yeah, I know. It, it, we're all a myth. I've been drinking too much on them weekends. I've stopped a bit now. We don't have a drink on a Sunday, do we? No, not, not at all. I didn't have a drink yesterday. Not one. Yeah. Professional, not one. <coughs> What's that? 3-2-2? Three, 3-2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Two, two. It's, it's a tough quiz today. There's, everyone's on it. Question nine. Carl Walker is an England international. What other international team could he have played for? Trinidad and Tobago. No. Jamaica. Correct. Oh! Oh! Oh. His dad is Jamaican, so he could have played for Jamaica. Well, that's the quiz done. That means, yes, yeah, the quiz is, quiz is finished. It's the final question. You've, you've pushed me today. It's between you guys. You've pushed me. You've pushed me today. Question 10. Which Bulgarian striker has five Premier League hat-tricks? Oh, uh, but the last of which came in December 2011. I just switched off. I was You're such so a demoralised. Like Stato SWAT, you are. I never realised there was till I started doing this. There we go. You got any bonus oh, questions? I have one bonus question. Yeah, give us one bonus question. Which England defender became the first to move between two English clubs for over 30 million? Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, you came last. You came last in the quiz. You came last in the quiz. <laughs> you came last in the quiz. Oh, what's that? What was about I'm winning? Not, he checked out when he. Yeah, I would. That's it. I would checked out. But if you, you got to stay in the game, mate. If you want the small glories, you take them. You got to stay right. in the game, right? You you were Sheffield United then, yeah? You just gave in five nil. Concentration levels. Right? I stayed yeah. in the game, okay? He's number one. He don't want to be a reserve. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Uh, that was a football fill-in. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week, all right? Yes, game second. Get in there.